It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Council just earned a few minutes on Saturday against the Denver <laughs> oh. Nuggets. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And the blowout God, we are in dire straits oh, if man, that's you the know, first place you're going. You, after you that know game. we are, man. Welcome to the PHLY Sixers postgame show here alongside my partners, Derek Bodner, Kyle Newbeck, I'm Devon Givens, Bree producing all of you in the chat. We appreciate it. After an ugly one in Indiana, Sixers get uh, rocked tonight. The score wasn't even as close as, as it appeared at the end as they get done in tonight 134 122 we'll get into all of the uh all of whatever happened in this one uh, against the indiana pacers no tyrese halliburton no tobias harris marcus morris robert covington d'anthony melton and the Sixers get destroyed in this one Derek, this one was uh not fun not fun at all no that one sucked that one really <laughs> i have never heard talk Kyle. to you guys on, on saturday <laughs> I have never heard Kyle more animated during game than that one. He was screaming pretty much the entire second half, uh, and deservedly so. You know, you can look down and you'll see like 31 from Joe on 20 shots or, you know, 22 points from Tyrese. Neither of them were particularly good either. We can pick apart their games. I'm sure we will at various points. Then you look at who they were missing. Obviously, Tobias was out. Melton was out. Some other, you know... Broadcast will bring up like Mo Bamba out. That didn't really impact the game. Robert Covington, as Kyle mentioned, as was going on, wasn't really in the rotation either. So when you look at it and the Pacers missing Halliburton, the Pacers without Halliburton have been real bad this year. Uh, I think they're a negative six net rating without him on the floor, plus six with him on the court. So they have that's a huge loss for them to come out there and just feel like they the Sixers were a team without any kind of energy in a game where they the, the Pacers were missing the the guy who really drives all of their offense, it was a just, just shitty. It was shitty. <laughs> we it was shitty. People asking if Derek got hair plugs. That's where mm. we're at with... Uh, <laughs> that's I, where we're at with this game. That's why you took off on uh, your birthday, huh? That was if the, I got hair plugs, is this what I would pick? Really? Come on now. Come Give on, me some chill. credit. Come on, chill guy. Come on, chill guy. Come that's on, not man. a very chill question, first nah, of all. but we did get a good one asking if we were meeting with Howie first, Tim K. That's a great question, because yes, we were. We were talking about what's going on. Do we have to make some changes on the sixes? No. All right. So... All right. Here's where I want to start. 
I don't really care about losses in January. Generally, no. there are these games that are going to happen throughout the course of a long season. Especially like a, when you're coming off of a six-game winning streak. Like, they're not going to last forever. Right. Like, and there is a version of tonight's game where we walk in, to, walk in here and are like, it was a make-or-miss league type of night. Pacers got hot. Sixers couldn't hit anything. All that. And that's true to certain degrees, right? Like they couldn't hit anything. Maxi was over a billion in the first half from three. The Pacers get rolling, all that. The, to me, what made me so mad, which is why Derek brought up that I was yelling for like half of the game, were all the stupid mistakes they made, all this silly yeah. shit that they did throughout the night, just like not rotating and not getting back after a made basket. Like, the low-hanging fruit that was there that what drives you especially crazy is like, look, this is Indiana has the most distinct identity of any single team in the NBA. When the Pacers are on the schedule, I don't care if Halliburton, obviously Halliburton's important to how good they can be, but they play the same way no matter who's on the floor. And to walk into this game and to be completely unprepared for Hey, Miles Turner is going to run after a basket. Hey, Andrew Nemhard, Aaron Neesmith, Benedict Matherin, all these guys are going to tear up the floor every single chance they get, and you have to match their pace. If, it if the bottom would have fallen out in the second half, if we could have said, hey, look, these guys are tired, they're playing a short rotation, there are guys playing tonight that frankly don't play that many minutes that often, and eventually Indiana wore them down with this style – that's another thing. What they did tonight was they never showed up. They, they just never, they did not care. And like guys like Kelly Oubre, who I'm sure we can pick him apart for five to 10 minutes by himself. Kelly Oubre is staring at like Buddy Heald wide open in the trail spot for a three. And two seconds after he catches it is like, oh, hey, now might be the time that I have to rotate over and try to contest the shot. And there's just all kinds of shit like that all goddamn night for every guy on the team including Joel Embiid like rebound opportunities fall into him and he's not even sticking his hands up to go get him he's just hoping that a act of God is going to move the ball into his hands like that's the stuff that I can't take that's what would drive me nuts if I'm Nick Nurse or members of the coaching staff because yeah you might have lost this game anyway but it shouldn't have been a you know 20 point plus lead going into the fourth quarter where it's garbage time for the entire quarter. No, and you could feel it early on in the first first half, especially in the first quarter, with the way things were going where it just simply did not they did not look like themselves. And oftentimes we see these games where you look at your the team that you're watching, the team that you're covering, and you say, okay, these guys are taking the opponent for granted. And for whatever reason they did that, because Halliburton probably out. But as both Kyle and Derek have talked about, and Kyle alluding to the pace of what Indiana likes to do, we already know it's not going to change. They just went through a stretch with Tyrese Halliburton out because of his hamstring, which he missed the game tonight for, but they were out without him before. They still played the same way. They did not result in all wins, of course, but they have a, a Hall of Fame coach who's going to have his team ready every single night, and they have enough athletes on the floor, on their team, to do exactly what 
they prepare for going into training camp, knowing that they're going to have to outrun, outwork, outhustle the opponent. And they got the Sixers really good tonight. And I, I would imagine, too, knowing that they beat them earlier in the season and when they split the games here in their their home-and-home uh, home series that they had, that they felt like they can run and they can see some warts there in the Sixers' defense and, and do what they need to do. And then you have the Tobias Harris factor not being available, same thing for DeAnthony Melton, shorthanded as they were, that they were going to do exactly what they did. You saw it from very early on, and it just went throughout the game. And as we were watching it and we started looking at each other, at first we didn't even have to yell. We would just start laughing because the rotations were so bad that how did this? how did you not know where you were going in this zone? No. How are you bumping into each other like the three stooges out there on the floor as if you have not practiced how to prepare and play in a zone. How did you not know on the left side of the floor that, hey, you shade over in this particular place because I have to pick up this man in this area and do this part in a zone, which is we all know how to play a zone. But that that was that's where you saw it. And at some point, how to it became, play it is literally in the name. You, yes, you defend a zone. You, you defend <laughs> you defend the zone. And and again, it just became comical at some point because as much as we will give them the credit for the six game winning streak, certainly after the seventy point game, not overreacting to this loss. It's as Kyle said, it's the things that happen in the loss. It's the things that Nick and the coaching staff are going to have to say, hey, when we look back at this film, if they don't burn it, these are the little mistakes that we have to correct here because we cannot have these things happening later on in April and May when it really, really matters. We've seen them do it before. Should not have to happen again this way tonight. Losing is losing. Losing this way is why we come out here and laugh and then scream and yell and all of that all in one. Yeah, and two quick points because I feel like we're probably going to get to the role players pretty quickly here. First of all, Maxi's defense was atrocious. Like yeah. they were running small, small pick and roll all night, and Maxi miscommunicated each and every one of those switches. Sometimes he he switched when he shouldn't have. Sometimes he he tried to help and recover when he needed to switch. His communication, his decision making was atrocious defensively. That goes beyond just the physical mismatches that he has on a night to night basis. This is like bad because Indiana plays a lot of little guards, yeah. so it was not exactly like they're not an overwhelming size no. team. It was just all miscommunications and poor decision making on this one. He was real bad, and Joel's effort on the glass was just unacceptable. For the Pacers, to end up with 12 offensive rebounds on you know they had a 12 to six offensive rebounding edge in this one, despite the fact that they missed fewer shots than the Sixers. Rebounding just wasn't good enough, and Joel, especially in that third quarter, and at, uh, he didn't play in fourth, especially in the third quarter, was just nowhere near good enough. It was flat-footed the entire night. 55 to 31, the defensive, uh, I mean, the rebounding separation there between the two teams, and that that just that's just now can't obviously lie the that Pacers happen. were going to get a lot of rebounds because the Sixers couldn't hit shit all night, so <laughs> there a few more opportunities to pull those down, but it, the the bigger issue was to your point and Derek's. You can't stand there flat-footed and watch as guys are crashing hard and attacking the ball in the air. Honestly, it's like you brought up Joel rightly, Derek, the one that stuck out to me. I think there was one in the third quarter that it went over Joel, and it was coming toward Ferk. And Ferk like ducked at the rebound and like somebody came over the top of him as he's ducking to grab the rebound. So it was... Uh, that's about a summary of the, the rebounding component of the game. I would say if there's anything that we're going to say, hey, this might be an actual problem coming out of this game, it is the rebounding because it's been more of a trend lately. Sure. They have absolutely been going in the wrong direction there after starting the year off strong. 
And you bringing up Joel makes me, me want to say, like, look, it has to start with him, right? Like, they didn't have a rebounding problem the other night against San Antonio because he went and he attacked the glass. And that was on both ends. Like, that was a rare, really great offensive rebounding game for Joel as well. And I'm not asking him to be a, you know, Dennis Rodman, Kenneth Fareed, guy who's like all they do is rebounding and that's their elite skill although that's that's selling dennis rodman short comparing him to no he was an incredible defender incredible defensive player obviously but it has to start with joel and then look we have a i think davon in the chat was that who it was that had the the super chat that Mm -hmm. said the toby haters will never admit we needed him tonight and look i i think they felt that on several levels right like not in the rebounding department because I actually think Tobias is one of the weaker rebounders on the team for his position. But when you see Tyrese Maxey getting trapped past half court in those bench minutes without Joel Embiid, all that's being communicated to you by the Pacers is we don't respect anybody else that's on the floor with this guy. And if we can fluster him, get it out of his hands, force him into a bad decision – that is a way superior option to try and defend him straight up. And look, even on that individual play, it worked brilliantly. Maxi threw it directly out of bounds. That's not all his fault, but I do think to his point, Tobias was definitely missed tonight. And when you don't have enough guys who can self-create, and in Tobias's case, go down to the mid post and in the middle of a run, hit a shot to, you know, calm everybody down that ends up being a, a pretty important thing over the course of 48 minutes yeah and the going back to the, the offense rebounding the pacers collected 34.1 percent of their offensive rebounding opportunities the sixers 13.5 percent so they got their asses kicked on both ends in that regard uh i do think joel will give like when we get to the playoffs i think joel will give better effort every night Every playoff game, I expect better effort than what he gave you tonight. That will solve some of it. But to your point, you just have so many weak rebounders for your position where he's got to be a monster just to keep them competitive. Uh, It does reveal a little bit of a weakness on the squad. Yeah, it does. And when we say the Tobias part, a lot of times we just make the fun, but it's more of just him having him out there. Whatever it was going to be, it was going to be. But having him out there, when Maxie had that, he couldn't really see over top of the defense, so he had to contort his body away, away from the defender around him to try to bounce past it to, to get it over to whoever the other outlet would have been. And it just went out of bounds because no one was there. And it was crazy to see it play out that way. But that's what happens, as Kyle said. They just didn't trust whoever was out there with him to even handle the basketball up and down the lineup. Not enough effort and not enough just good overall play from from these guys tonight. And this is what you get. And sometimes you get this now 29 to 14 on the season. He ends up with his 30, which meant nothing. Maxi didn't have it tonight from the outside. Oh, we shooting. were laughing about the 30 yeah. in the middle of the third quarter. Like it's right. not not dire enough that we're, I'm going to go on a whole tirade like we did with the 30-10 thing. But there was definitely a point where, Devon, you and I are sitting there talking like, he none of these guys should be in the game like they haven't earned the right to continue playing this and that was like halfway through the third it was like yeah you, uh, we you were yelling for, for yep. empty the bench do all that yep. at that point not because like it had nothing to do with the stats or anything else it's like look it's the effort if, if guys are just standing right. here like this waiting for the ball if guys aren't rotating guys are doing this 
put guys in who might do that. Who might give you a spark. You're already down, you know, 20, 25 points at that point. The worst thing that could happen is that you'll lose worse. The best thing that could happen, which is what we saw a little bit in the fourth quarter, although too little, too late. Those guys gave them some energy. They got the game a little bit closer for a little. I think it only ended up being, what, like a... 11 point 12 point 12 loss. Point, 12 point loss and that's not really telling of what ultimately happened in that game but would have liked to maybe see them try that out sooner but i understand why they because didn't. when that was happening when they did make that run towards the end siakam was still out there on the floor nimhart was on the floor yeah uh, tj mcconnell was out there on the floor so they had some of their players still on the floor during that time and probably to get siakam that triple double also but they were out there and, and those guys played hard. And we'll get to them. We'll, we'll talk about what the, uh, the guys who did give some sort of effort will tell you about them. Maybe it's time for you to start investing in that Ricky Council card. For Ricky Council the fourth. I'm sorry, Derek. Before Derek tells me, make sure you respect the name. Wonder Ricky if his Council dad the has fourth. a card. Maybe we'll yes. have to look into that. Well, if he doesn't, I know just a place for him to go. That's Wheelhouse Cards is our go-to sports card gift and apparel shop in the Delaware Valley. Their motto is cards and community because love of sports unites us all like we're trying to do here on the PHLY Sixers postgame show and Sixers show overall. They carry all of your favorite card brands like Tops, Chrome Baseball, and Mosaic Football, as well as t-shirts, hats, and hoodies from brands like Mitchell and Ness, 47 Brand, Junk Food, Starter, and Shibe Vintage Sports. Looking to grade your sports cards collection? I should have done that myself all these years later. I still have mine just sitting in the shoebox, and I don't know. They're probably not worth much. But if I do want to get it checked out, you know where I'm going because Wheelhouse offers PSA grading submissions. They might laugh at me as old as my cards are. I was going to say, they would laugh at you for having them in a shoebox still. Get you a container for those I bad boys. I actually do. They also host tons of different family-friendly events and birthdays parties every month. Stop into either of the stores in Wayne or Chester. Open seven days per week at 11 a.m. Use code PHLY and get $10 off any purchase of $25 or more in store. Also, be sure to give them a follow on Instagram at Wheelhouse Cards. And gang, if you're sick to your stomach after that game, feel like you need something to settle it down, I know something always tends to settle my stomach down. That's a huge Brooklyn-style bagel from Bagels & Co. Need it. Which are made right here in Philadelphia. Guys, I eat bagels several days a week. You hear me say that word a thousand times. Bagels & Co. offers an average of around 15 to 20 different types of bagels. And they rotate seasonally. So you're always going to have new flavors, some themes, the holidays, Christmas, all kinds of cool stuff. So if you're just getting bored eating the same old stuff, Bagels & Co. is where you got to go. And if you're a cream cheese guy or gal, like I am, they offer 30 different flavors of cream cheese that rotate throughout the year. They have themed cream cheeses. I don't know that anybody wants a, a Sixers-themed cream cheese right now after that game. It would taste like low effort and sadness, but you know, I'm sure they have lots of other great cream cheeses. I mean, that's nice what I was going to say. I was say it would taste like... Well, let's not interject anything <laughs> that off, off color into the ad read. But guys, just as important as that variety in cream cheese, because they have lots of delicious cream cheeses. Let me say it again. Affordability is at the top of the list. Bagels & Co. has kept their prices down as inflation goes up and up and up so that you can be an everyday customer, not just someone who's coming in for a weekend splurge. They even offer premium coffee at a superior price to most national brands and chains. So for the best Brooklyn-style bagels made right here in Philly, head to www.thebagelsandco.com. 
dot com slash store dash locator to find the closest bagels and co near you bagels and co would never release a bagel that tasted as bad as the sixers effort in this one they are too professional and too consistent for that but we can eat while we're angry because you know ticked off oh we're just hungry anyways late night we have we have our uh, eating habits bad because we get done so late sure i'll blame it on that yeah, yeah cool because no mine, other reason at all exactly mine are and i don't <laughs> care i'll just give me a bagel right now but they pretty much had the zero tonight the way the sixers played tonight but some of the other guys played pretty well and towards the end we were look we were mostly looking forward to talking about these guys it's turk and ricky council coming in and I guess, yeah. I mean, I was excited watching it just because it, was, we it was a breath of fresh air there. Yeah. at that point. And yeah. I will say, like, I meme about it a little bit on Twitter. I give Ricky Council credit, especially because he Let's came in it, and you could see the tools popped, <laughs> right? Like, he's driving and he's, yeah. you know, using his shoulder to wall guys off, drawing fouls, hit a catch-and-shoot three, which is a massive, massive deal for him. Uh, my guy Turk, unfortunately, you know, a little bit of a tougher run, but a couple nice passes, some nice pocket yeah. passes in the pick and roll. I think even a couple of those there were turnovers on that he threw good passes, and Paul Reed either did not catch the ball or one of them he caught it and didn't keep the ball high and got ripped on it. So I, I don't put those on Turk, but he could not throw the ball in the ocean tonight. So unfortunately, as someone who's endorsed him for the shooting and scoring stuff. When you airball multiple threes, it's eh, you know it's a little tough to. I get didn't mind it though, just part. because it, the it, of course the idea, not just the three point, the outside shooting, but even driving to the basket, getting a few blocked. Isaiah Jackson had a pretty nice block because it was too easy, but the mindset was right. Attack, just yeah. do what you can to get some points on the board. And just play show loose. the coaching staff, yeah, that why why you are still trying to show that the hey maybe we might be able to get in a few of these games here from time to time but yeah play loose play freely go out there and, and do your thing and, and see what happens so it was it was good to see Turk out there you, you know as you guys know I, I like Ricky Council maybe a little bit more than most I don't know if this is this is not sustainable but yeah some good plays tonight it was just fun to sit there after watching three quarters of terrible basketball to see the effort from them as they were trying to do anything they could to turn it into a positive for, for the Sixers tonight. And, and they did that. I mean, we saw them put the ball on the floor, get to the basket. The shot still looks a little funky while they were working on it. But A, a little funky. He's <laughs> hey, doing some heavy yeah, lifting even, there. Even at the free throw line, and he's standing there. And a lot of guys do it, but, you know, he has the two feet right next to each other at the free throw <laughs> line. And it's like, all right, I wonder if they try. I guess he wasn't comfortable to yeah. space it a little bit, to have one foot in front of the other at the free throw line. It just looks off, but it's probably not who he's going to be, and he's just going to be someone they ask to throw, go get some stops, run the floor, fill the lane, lobs back door, if he ever gets any minutes that way. But tonight, for them, something to, to stand out on. Yeah, I mean, look, I think both of those guys – you're rarely going to see them again. Like we'll talk about this game and it was fun and entertaining, but like they played because the six were missing five players yep. and because of the 10 players they had available, half of them weren't giving effort anyway. So they had to bring somebody in at the end, see if they could get a little bit of you know life in them uh, and, and just give them a chance to play at this level as a, you know, sort of reward for the work they've been putting in, but neither of them are ready. Like that shot for Ricky is still, I think far. I know he made one today, but I th it's still far away. Um, physically Turk is, not ready. He yeah. weighs 110 pounds. I'm exaggerating a little bit, but not nearly as Only much as a I little should bit. be. 
from the looks of him anyway. And like learning to get that shot over length and over NBA speed is something he's going to have to still work on. But it was nice to see him sort of come in. I did enjoy actually watching Turk run that pick and roll and, and give those passes to diving big men. Uh, that is a part of his game that I know we commented on over the summer and early on in this show. Uh, but it was nice to see that. His shot was a little bit off today, but that's all right. I believe in the shot long term. Um, but but yeah, once no, again, little doing some heavy lifting. Bit off, but I think they are both intriguing prospects, but you don't like pencil either of them into the rotation at all this year. Or next, yeah. probably. So yeah. I think that's probably enough with Turk and Ricky talk, if I had to guess. I think my big concern coming out of that game, truthfully, is Joel. is Joel going to be yeah. healthy? Because I can't deal with that talk. I can't deal with that. Listen, narrative. man. Uh, one, I just want Joel to be healthy because the team's more interesting. Team is better when he's healthy. It's better to watch. All of us want that. Like Regardless of you guys on the other side, being maniacal fans and me being trying to be Zen master or whatever over here. I still want a good product to watch, right? Like we all want a good product to watch. So Joel banging knees in, was that the second quarter that that Mm -hmm. happened? Mm -hmm. Joel banging knees in the second quarter, I'd argue is the biggest story of the game. Now he was able to shake it off and play, but I think there was a clear dip in his effort after that. Now, you don't want to say that's a direct correlation, right? Like the game got away from them. So he was clearly, there was, he reached a point where he said, uh, I'm not getting after it anymore. And the, whether that's rebounding, frankly, there was not really even an effort from him to go and get the ball. A lot of the time he didn't get his first shot attempt in that third quarter until I think like five or six minutes into the quarter, which that's just preposterous to me that that could happen. I feel like I have a Stephen A. Smith, a parody Stephen A. Smith tweet in my head whenever I hear the word preposterous that now that's going to eat at my brain. (laughs) But to Derek's point that he was alluding to, I cannot deal with him missing the Denver game in Denver. He has missed it for genuine reasons over the years. It's been another disingenuous thing. But for my own personal sanity, having to hear from people all the time, Joel, I really hope that you're healthy out there, brother, because I don't want to hear it. I know you don't want to hear it for another consecutive year if you don't make it to Denver. Yeah, as soon as it happened, that was the first thing you brought up. Watching all the people comment in the chat, they're also uh, along the same line of you can't really take it. You don't want to have to deal with it. Now, he he did stay in the game. He, He played. He finished out the third quarter and got his 31. He also sat on the bench laughing it up with his teammates as they kind of settled in and understood what the night was. So we'll see. But, no, I, I agree with you. I, I don't want to hear it because you know that's the first thing that's going to happen. It's a nationally televised game. People are going to talk about him once again not going to Denver and, and being afraid to play against Nikola Jokic mm-hmm. once again. Now, Jokic Even got though, poked in the eye tonight and had to go to the locker room. We have to keep an eye on whether he plays. So maybe he'll base his decision on playing if, if Jokic is playing or not. But we just don't want to hear it. And, and we know that the others were legit when he did not play. He had legit reasons why he did not play. We don't really know what happened with his knee. It looked like it buckled a little bit when he landed, and it bothered him enough to sit on that floor for that short amount of time, come back in, and finish the game out. Great that he didn't have to play in the fourth quarter and not leave it up to the you know the coach based on them being closer in the game. But 
I don't want to hear it either. I, I just don't because that's going to be the narrative. And once again, nationally televised game, the Sixers go out there and they get rocked. Jokic goes for another triple-double, and they're going to say Joel Embiid is scared of playing Nikola Jokic, and that's why he shouldn't have the MVP. It's, it just would allow a lot of people to say things that they're already saying at a much louder volume and more frequently. So I, I just hope Joe is healthy full stop for a million reasons, but also because as a fan of basketball, I want to see him and Jokic play again. Like They only get to play twice a year. And we've gotten max once a year for quite a long time. So that's all I had to say on that. We'll see what happens. Ash did want to jump in and say 26 and 7 now with Embiid. He had to keep it real. He said he had to keep it real. And then he, then he jumped right back and said good night. So that means he can't <laughs> take it. He can't take it. So he said good night. Just, just go to he's just That's still to bed. almost a 65-win pace, by the way, their record with Joel this season. Yeah. So. Pretty good. I mean, hey, 29 and 14. They're still 15 games over 500 with all him missing games. Harris, Melton missing games. And, and, of course, Covington and Morris missing games from time to time. So many players that have not played, they're still 15 games over 500. And they do this on the night where you just wanted to see if they can keep this going, keep that streak running. Seven-game winning streak. Boston blows out Miami. Um, you, you had Denver getting rocked by New York tonight, who's playing very well. They blow out Denver 122-84. Jokic missed that time and never returned to the game, so I, I'd imagine that was a part of it. So we would have liked to have seen them take this one. Pacers win the season series. And then that's going to have people also talking about just flashing back since this is, I think this is the last game between them and the Pacers win the season series 2-1. to one. If this is a playoff opponent – there are a lot of Sixers fans that are going to be worried because of the way that they play the pace, adding Siakam, Tyrese Halliburton being a part, obviously the head of the snake there with the Indiana Pacers. This is going to be something that Sixers fans will remember once we get to the spring and the postseason of how they play. Is this something that you're going to have to be concerned about in a first or second round matchup against this Indiana Pacers team that can run you off the floor and sting you? And especially if you get stung in the second round by this group, we know what the chatter is going to be about, and rightfully so, if they were to do that. So we'd like to see a much better effort. We've seen them win without a, a full deck of cards on the floor, and they needed to give a much, much better effort. And we hope Embiid is healthy enough to go on Saturday. And by the way, you're naming some Eastern Conference teams there. I would say, like, when the Sixers have, the Sixers have continually advanced out of the first round with Joel Embiid, and that's been all well and good. We accept that as, like, that's an automatic. It's a lot tougher bottom of the East this year, I think, than in some others. Like, I don't see a 2022 Toronto Raptors team, at least in the top eight right now, right? Like, the Knicks have been, I think they're, like, 11-2 and two now since the OG trade. They've been very good. The Cavs just lost their most recent game, but we're on an eight-game win streak before that. The Pacers, I think the Sixers should beat them in a series generally. I think they should beat all these teams in a series for that matter. But the Pacers are a weird team that's going to be, you know, the the style clash is real there. Then you have Miami as well. Like, yeah, no, um, there, there's going to be one playoff team that's meh. And that's going to be who Boston plays. Yeah. Every the, the seven remaining teams are going to be good teams. I agree. Yeah, so it's definitely something to be aware of. I, would, I wouldn't I would go so far as to say 
that the first round matchup would dictate how I would go about the trade deadline. But I think when you combine what I think will be an overall tougher first round series on average with what we, we probably all think they need to advance out of the second, let alone conference finals, win a finals, I think there should be some real urgency heading into the deadline. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Uh, you want to get to a couple of these other Super Chats that we had uh, mixed in there? We'll be happy to. Baba Jide jumps in and says, Herb Jones from the Pelicans will be a perfect addition to the team. That was because a report came out and said that the Pelicans were fielding calls or at least having conversations about Herb Jones. I don't know that to be true. Have either of you heard anything? I wouldn't. I've seen some conflicting reporting yeah. on it is what I would say. I, I do agree that if they could get Heck yeah. Him specifically. I think he's very good and slots in as a starter basically immediately and is somebody who can grow along. Like he was an older rookie, right? If yeah. I'm remembering no, correctly. He's 25, 26. Yeah. So he's someone that's probably at the perfect part of the age curve for what they have right now. Good enough to win now. Good contract. Still has runway in front of him. Good contract. I think it's like four for 54 or something along those lines. Yeah, that's pretty good yeah. for him. So. Personally, if they could get one of the Pelicans' wings, I'd probably prefer Trey, Trey Murphy, Murphy, but yes. I think they value him higher than they do Herb Jones, so that's probably the uh, the problem there. But, yeah, I'd be I'd be in on Herb Jones for sure. Yep, absolutely. Bernard, also, it's uh, mental with Oubre right now. We can get into that. Pet Bev is not the answer. Maxie shooting too erratic and concerning. Hope we don't see paces in the playoffs. Oh, Bernard. Yeah, so here's my concern with Uberry. I agree it's mental, but it's the decision-making that has been his problem pretty much his entire career. Like, yeah. I think some people are looking at it like, it's fine, he's just in the slump, he'll get back. Whereas I kind of look at it like maybe that beginning of the season was a mirage, and this is just who he's been for the rest of his career. This is why, you know, Coming into the season, Kyle and I were both like, well, Devon was on his, you know, little getaway. Yes. Kyle and I were both like, hey, look, minimum contract, fine, no harm, no foul. But I don't trust him because of these reasons. These reasons are exactly what you've been seeing over the last couple of weeks. Uh, so I am very concerned that he has regressed back to what his career has been up to this point uh, and getting him back to the player he was in the, the first couple of months of the season. Uh, that's a priority because he has not been good enough. And I worry a little bit that the more you rely on Kelly, the less reliable that he becomes. And starting is certainly overtaxing him and he shouldn't be in that role. But you've got so many injuries and Melton's long term injury specifically that he has had to step up into a role that I just don't think you can rely on him to fill. And that's like 
the Melton thing is, is two-pronged, right? Like, the, on the one hand, Kelly's playing too much, and you want to – you feel like we got to get the Anthony back so we can slot guys into new roles. But it's a back injury after last year was plagued with a back injury for DeAnthony. So they have yeah. to – they've taken the cautious approach, which is the right thing to do, but I think they're suffering as a result of that. And I wonder if there's a point where they're like, well, we got to just, we got to let him play. We got to let him play. And then that ends up, DeAnthony is compromised, never gets right. We're in the playoffs and he's just having to play through a back issue. And look, he's a streaky shooter on a base level. Imagine you're a streaky shooter and then you're carrying around a lumbar spine injury in the playoffs. So not loving that. And I wish that, you know, they could just get everybody right as rain but you don't really have that luxury and frankly that's part of why teams load up on stars because they just are like this guy's gonna play 70 plus games and give me the standard level of production where the role player volatility as we're seeing with Kelly Oubre can be all over the place and I wish we hadn't gotten back to this point it was a fun story to have you know, locked in Kelly, who's shooting well, defending hard, bought into what Nick Nurse is preaching. I think you could almost see, like, maybe we should not pile too heavily on Kelly because a lot of these things that were like Nick Nurse buy-ins thing, rebound, transition defense, things, those are all, those are two main things that when he came in are like, we got to fix this, we got to be better. And over the last, I don't know, several weeks to a month, they've been pretty crappy. So it is definitely Ubre in a big role, but certainly not the only culprit. He certainly doesn't look like a guy that averaged 20 points. No, not even season. close. Not, not even close. And it's concerning now, especially when you get to this time of the year with the trade deadline where we talk about these names and who might be available. It's, it's something to watch and see – see where he fits in and that's it's probably as the guys talked about too many minutes out there on the floor and he needs to be coming off the bench instead of in the starter role especially on a championship contending team he needs to get it he needs to get it together because we're out there looking at him and we're like what, what was he thinking right there I mean it's hard for us to get in his head and we probably are, are, are doing that to ourselves terribly for trying to figure out what the hell Kelly Oubre is doing from time to time but yeah, I mean, we sit there and it's like, what What was that? What was he thinking there? That's not, a, again, a guy who averaged 20 points in the league consistently playing and attacking and shooting and having the confidence on the floor. It's just not a good look. Barbara also says, Barbara Carroll, Devon isn't concerned with the Knicks. Said the Knicks would never come to Philly and win if Embiid plays. I don't know that I ever, I've ever said that, but okay. <laughs> Knicks are tough. They look really good. Kyle just said it, 11-2 since the OG Ananobi trade. They looked just really beat good. beat the crap out of Denver tonight. Yes, so. they did. They, they, are, they are fun, and Jalen Brunson is going to be an all-star. Julius Randle is in the conversation for another all-star berth. They have a very good, balanced basketball team, and that's even with Mitchell Robinson, their starting center. And that's with out. ammo to go and get more guys. Yes. If they, like another... I don't know about high-level guy, but at least like maybe starter quality, six-man quality guy with what they got. It just depends on how far in they want to go with this team. Because you already have seen reports about Quentin Grimes maybe being available. Some of the others now go and get them because, to your point, the third star, even though the points may not match, is 
maybe Ananobi. So then you go get the other guy to slot into that next spot. DiVincenzo is playing well right now. You have a lot of these. They look really good right now, and they, they would be a tough out. So, Barb, I didn't say that. So there, there's that. <laughs> uh, we have one more from our buddy Davon, a.k.a. Schoolboy Beast. Well, two more. He says, uh, the minutes are definitely affecting Maxi as well. And that's something we got into. I mean, we're right back to the, the bad shooting tonight, right? And I don't really know. It's because a lot of these looks are quality looks. And yeah. we can't even go to the, like, oh, the pull-up shots on this one because he had some tonight that are wide open catch-and-shoot jumpers that he's got to hit. And not only that, but, like, people always go to the legs when a shot comes up short. Did you see the way he exploded the rim some of those times? Like, his yeah. legs were fine on the drives, and those yeah. take a lot of uh, energy as well. Look, he just came off of a five-game stretch where he shot, like, 46% from three on almost 10 per game. He struggled until the last three games. I think sometimes it just happens. I don't think every time he misses a shot, we have to go, oh, my God, are his legs shot? Yeah. That being said, like, broadly, I think he probably plays too many minutes. I'd love it if they got some more ball handling and creation so he didn't have to play as much. But I don't necessarily think tonight was because of those shot legs. I think he maybe just had an off night. It happens. It does. <laughs> I mean, my, my my show today has been pretty mediocre, I think. It happens. You have yeah, an off you, night. You're good, man. What happened? Mediocre would have been an improvement over what the Sixers offered tonight. So I, I'll, I'll take the replacement level performance if that's what you got <laughs> to offer. Well, I, I, I will say this. And maybe not tonight, but it happened. The starters were announced. Oh, the All Star! In yeah. the All Star game, I actually game. have it all pulled up. I figured that'd be we get we to that get at some there. point since that game there stunk out loud. Joel, seventh time making the All Star team, seventh time being the starter. Uh, they're going back to the East West side of things. No draft, and and Joel's going to make his seventh All Star appearance. We all we all know very well deserving, and he made his seventh. So the starters for the East are Embiid, Giannis, Tatum. Um, Halliburton. Halliburton, of course, who should be in there. And then Damian Lillard. And that's the one, not that he wouldn't have made it, but it certainly maybe puts somebody else in a tough, tough spot on the outside looking in as far as guards go when you talk about Brunson, Maxi, and Trey, Trey Young. Am I missing anybody else as far as the guards go? Mitchell. No, those are th- I mean, yeah. Mitchell, yeah. Mitchell and Mitchell. Yep. But um, he kind of, yeah, he kind of kind of snuck in there and, and, and maybe push somebody on the outside looking in. Well, the vote, voting split for the East backcourt, to me, is one of the most fascinating vote splits in all-star history, if you look at it. So Halliburton was one across the board. Yep. And like, that doesn't surprise me. He became the kind of the darling of the league early in the year and has been awesome. So no issues there. Dame finished third in fan voting, fourth in player voting, fifth in media voting. And sort of the key there is that he was consistent, whereas like the media had Brunson too, fans had Trey Young too, and players had Tyrese Maxey too. And the fact there was no consensus there allowed someone like Lillard, who's at least in the top four or five in all of them, to sort of jump up. And the interesting, the most interesting one from a Sixers perspective to me, obviously, is Maxi being two in the player vote. And it wasn't even a particularly close two either. He got 131 yeah. player votes. The next closest guy was Brunson. He got 78. Wow. So the players showed a ton of love and respect for Maxi, which I like, look, 
I'm not saying that the players are better or worse as a voting block than anyone else because people love the shit on the fans. The fans did not try to make Thanasis Antetokounmpo a starter, <laughs> which three different people tried to vote Thanasis. Three different players voted for Thanasis to be an all-star starter. See, come on. Which is, look, that's a completely separate conversation. But Maxi getting that volume of support at his age and you know where he's at on the curve, that's pretty impressive because for everybody, I don't care if it's a fan, coach, media, player, it always takes some time to generate the level of respect to be an all-star starter, like an all-star period, but absolutely to be an all-star starter. So for Tyrese to, in the players' minds, box out Dame Lillard and Trey Young and Jalen Brunson, Donovan Mitchell, that's a big effing deal, dude. Like that's crazy to me. And, and that's something that if he does or doesn't make the all-star team aside, that's something he should notice and feel pretty proud of that he had that kind of start to the season. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown with three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown. You get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at Wilmington and beaches this episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. You've got me wondering now. There's only two Anacumpos in the league, right? Because Costas, I think, is now back overseas, and the mm. other one has not yet. Alex, I don't yeah, think he's is, still in college. Yeah. So who, who, where did the other two come? I, like, it's obviously, it's got to be another like, like deep bench uh, <laughs> yeah. Milwaukee guy, right? Yeah. Or like, Milwaukee I don't know guy left who it's still likes you, him. When yeah. you said three, yeah. I'm like, wait, are there four Anacumpos in the league? Because that's the only way he should possibly get three votes. Listen, um, man, that dude is theater. <laughs> I cannot help, but when I watch the games. I cannot help but to look over there whenever they are down by the Bucks bench, whatever, whether it's a road game or home game. I can't help it. Yeah. I cannot help it. I can't stand them, but I can't help it. And it's ridiculous. And I think we've all seen, have you all seen the um, highlight reel, quote unquote, of, of the Nasses going around, of all his, his fun adventures yes. on the floor? Yes. <laughs> that guy, man. I'm just looking at the Giannis Bucks the roster trying to speculate who would, who would yeah. uh, it's got to be an end of bench guy, right? Someone who's Someone sitting who wants with get, like, towel waving and getting you know. Giannis's good side or something. Yeah. It seems like he's in a good relationship with Jay Crowder there, even though Jay <laughs> Crowder actually plays when I watch. They're like, yeah, rubbing shoulders and oh, yeah, like campaign. Marchand Bochamp. Is yes. he like a big Thanasis guy? Yes. Yeah, I don't, I yeah, don't know. I don't know, but, but got three th votes. Uh, losing the plot a little bit on that. I just, the, the point is more. Maxi should feel good about his peers looking at him that way. Yes, absolutely. And he he didn't make it because the fans voted him sixth, and that yeah. makes sense. Like fan voting, I feel like it takes a year or two behind, so he gets sort of like the reputation now. That reputation will then uh, help him in next year's voting. Yeah. So that was that was interesting in the front court. 
Joel starting, and he got, if we're looking at the breakdown, he was second behind Giannis in media. It's actually third in fan yep. voting. Tatum ended up passing him. Which what we're for, learning here is that Philly fans did not do a good job. You said it, not me. Don't get me <laughs> in trouble. And he finished second in player voting, and that was fairly close between him and Giannis. Giannis got 196 player votes. Joel got 193. So Tatum a distant third amongst the players. Well, I mean, it should be a fun all-star game. In the West, it's Kevin Durant, LeBron James in the backcourt, Luka Doncic, along with uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Which, by the way, that's a big – that's a big deal. It's no Steph Curry starting in the All Star game like that. And we're that talking about Oklahoma you, City. That tells you how awesome Shea and Oklahoma City have been this year. Yeah, who's the big man? Who's starting? Uh, it's Jokic. Jokic. And okay, I'm sorry. I don't know how, how did I forget that? Jokic. <laughs> Jokic. Shea. Luca. LeBron and Kevin Durant. LeBron. KD. Yeah. I All mean, right. that's a squad right there. That is a squad. Should be fun. Hopefully, Maxie's there in Indiana where they played. Tonight for the site of the All-Star game in February. We'll see if he's there. Pretty good chance that he might be there, but we'll see. We'll give our thoughts on that a little bit later. Honestly, though, I think this probably helps Maxi because, like, if, if Dame was going to be on that team, like, the coaches were going to pick Dame. So yeah. him getting sort of like that I second agree. spot over someone like maybe Brunson, who maybe certainly played well enough to deserve it, uh, there's a chance I could see of a coach picking Maxi over Brunson. There was no chance of them picking Maxi over Dame, so I think it probably helps. His chances. Uh, and I think Maxi over Trey That's as well. Yeah. If I had to guess yep. that Maxi will get the, the nod there because they don't want to give Trey, who's on a terrible team yep. this year, any kind of love, if I had to guess. Yep. All right. Well, this was a stinker tonight, guys, but we made the best of it. <laughs> had some fun. Ricky Council. Let's get him, Rick. Look, we all wore a matching gray shirt somehow to. without knowing it, and yeah. the Sixers somehow let us down. I don't know. We, were, we coordinated and everything. We have to speak to them and uh, get them on the <laughs> same page as us. Let's uh, say goodnight to some people. You want to say goodnight yeah, to thank some Thank you guys people? for coming through. My friends, Jay of the Jungle, Barbara Carroll. What's up, Barb? Barbara. I love Barb. Barbara hating on Devon, but we still love you, Barbara. I love Barb. She's not wrong. X-Man. That's fair. My guy, Al, <laughs> the two-minute warning. Liam what Ste up, Al? Liam Stevens, Randy, Roger Taylor. Who else we got? Is that Faiza, Faiza? Which I wish I could pronounce words like a, a person who gets paid to talk for a living. Uh, Money Mar, our guy. Devon Gibbons in the chat. Wow. What's up, another, man? Another rare. <laughs> <laughs> Bootzilla, Prophet One, Mateus, Randy. I think Will was in here earlier. Austin Crow was definitely in here. Coleman Potts, you've been in here quite a bit. That's uh, listen. What's up, Coleman? I think I'm done reading names, guys. It's a, <laughs> it's, it's a tough night, and it's it a lot. A of, it's night. a lot of scrolling. I think we got to get up on out of here, guys who are still with us, guys and gals, especially Barbara. Can you guys hit that subscribe button for us on the way out? And hit that bell icon. And it'll give you notifications each and every time that we go live. And if you hit the thumbs up symbol, maybe the Sixers will actually decide to show up for Saturday's game against the Nuggets and give us a better product on the floor. So please make sure to maybe do that Joel too. on the way out. It'll be an early Saturday evening stream after that game. We're so off on Friday, folks. We are According off to on some Friday. of the chat, there is no, Jokic has been ruled out. Or is that just speculation? Uh, yeah, I'm yeah. not going to. We'll see. Uh, anyway, we will see you guys 
early Saturday night. Bring your drinks. We'll pregame before you guys get to go out, and three of us will have some fun after what's hopefully a good game. Y'all silly like the mayor. 